This is Michael Alago, and you're listening to episode 40 of Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast with John Joseph. The Lords of Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Episode 40, Brooklyn wow. Blast Furnace. I got to listen to 1 through 39. Yeah, you do. Catch up. Yeah, you do. John Joseph, Chromex, Blood Clot. Pleasure up, to brother? be here, man. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for coming yeah, all the way down cool. to Gravesend. Oh, man, I love it. I like that movie Gravesend, too. That was a good one. You yeah. know, I seen that I once. A, I saw it once a long yeah, time ago. it was like ago. an indie, you know? It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Never, never saw it. You know, never saw yeah. It. You should check it out. You I wonder if Joe D'Onofrio seen it, because we had him on. All right. Yeah, you know, young Joe Pesci yeah, from yeah, Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe yeah. he's seen it. Maybe he did, man. Cool. I, and uh, who, do you, who made the movie? Do you know? Oh, what, I don't like, even how remember, did, dude. How did they get so fan? How did they get around? Like, it you know didn't I mean? really get around. It, it went. Did, it, did. It, it, it like was on for a minute, and then it went right to like DVD. Right. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. once in a while, like we have a conversation, and it just comes up out of the blue. Yeah. So I really do got to check that out. But thanks for coming all the way down here, man. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. Pleasure. (laughs) What's going on, man? Just chilling, busy as fuck. You know, just uh, making making shit happen. Just finished a new book on uh, on PMA. Okay, that's going to be dropping soon, and uh, working on a cookbook that we're pitching. And I just finished the adaptation of my first book for film. Oh, wow, no shit. Yeah, the Evolution of a Chromagnon. Yeah, wow. dude, let me tell you, when, I, when that book, when the first edition, there's, you can still get second editions. I just saw you just yeah, recently yeah. posted. Today I posted. Yeah. Um, where is it? It's on, what's the, what's the website where you can get it? I can't uh, remember on top of my johnjoseph.merchnow.com. For that, right. Yeah, because listen. And if, I donate a por- portion of the proceeds to charity. and uh, Nice. You know. Yeah, so if whoever's listening who, who have not read that fucking book, it's incredible. Yeah, it's available in audio and uh, all kinds of stuff. And there was no ghostwriters involved. Right. I, I wrote every fucking word in the yeah. book. Wow. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm I know a writer. I studied writing. I'm not trying to say whatever, but a lot of people. A lot of people have ghostwriters. Putting out books. You know, I don't care if you got a ghostwriter, acknowledge the motherfucker. Right. Say, like, you know, with so and so. That's right. what yeah. people do that are on the level. Mm-hmm. And then you got these other motherfuckers that put books out and they don't even acknowledge the mm-hmm. other person who helped them basically wrote the book yeah. for them, yeah. you know? Yeah. They told their stories, but the writer wrote mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So you know. Anyway. Yeah, the book's fucking incredible. When Thank it first you, first came, when it first when the first edition first dropped, I bought that yeah. shit and I ripped through that shit in like three days. Cool. Yeah. Ridiculous. How did uh, how did it wind up getting picked up to, for a film? Well, uh, it it hasn't been yet. I just wrote the script, oh, you but wrote my script agent for it. just got. The, it took me six years to figure out how to adapt that book because it's you know it scopes from the sixties of. 
you know, the shit that went down with my father and then the foster homes and the mm-hmm. streets and, you know, had it and then lock up the Navy getting, you know, into punk rock and all the crazy shit that went down with the drugs in the 70s and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, selling it's, dust. It, and I mean, you know, it's, it's a like a lot of living in it. Yeah, it's man. A fucking, it's like, book you know, is a fucking, and, and, and you know, the funny shit is like. When that book first came out, the dude from the Village Voice, all them fake ass memoirs came out with these motherfuckers making up stories of shit that they never even did, mm-hmm. and the dude took the angle of like trying to debunk the book, and then I was like, "Yo, like, you know, I met with him, and he's like, slides the book across the table. He's like, dude, come on. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, there's no fucking way that you did everything in that book and you're still... I said, motherfucker, yeah. I did more shit than what's in that book. Yeah, it's like... That I couldn't put in that book. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who the fuck are you going to tell, like, that's yeah. my story? You know, but the thing is, is... Uh, and then I I said, bro, I'll give you the fucking numbers of my mother and everything. Mm-hmm. And, he, yeah. and he fucking called them all. And then I ended up getting the cover of the Village Voice because mm-hmm. he was like, yo, dude, I, I'm sorry for whatever... Oh, yeah, I doubting. That, yeah, the blood clot diaries. Yeah, it was called The Brutal Life and Times of John Joseph. And, and you know, I mean, everybody goes through their shit for a reason in their life. But, I, I mean, I've turned any knowledge that I've been fortunate enough to get and the great teachers that have been there for me. It, it's like I try to pay it forward now. Mm-hmm. And the books helped a lot of people, as did my second book, Meet Is for Pussies, which is a comedy book, on, but it's got a lot of fact in there. You know, and, and and that's what I try to do. Uh, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff in Evolution of a Cro-Magnon that I never told anybody. Like, nobody mm-hmm. knew the shit that went down in the foster home shit. And, and, uh, it's fucking brutal. You know, man. it's like, you can't make that shit up, even mm-hmm. if you try. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking motherfuckers feeding us Oreo spit sandwiches and the rest. And just, you know, the abuse that went down. And, you know, it was... Uh, it, it took a lot of soul searching to put them words on the page because, mm-hmm. you know, I was just stopping, have breakdown moments where it was like I would lose my shit just like having to relive a lot of that stuff. And then, you know, when uh, that's why the second edition had a lot of updated stuff, too, because like, you know, my mother didn't even tell me that, uh, you know, my father raped her. That's how I was conceived and my little brother, too. And just, yeah. you know. A lot of the stuff, how I was able to uh, work my shit out through the, through that book, it was therapy, therapeutic, uh, for sure. And then the latest, some of the latest uh, stuff, like you know, the chart of the Cro-Mags of when the shit started in '81. It was in the back, big takeover magazine, and all the other bullshit that's being talked, which basically is a bunch of fucking bullshit, and. Uh, you know, to say I wasn't the original singer or whatever, and you know, so whatever, man. I I try to stay on the positive with everything I do. I don't need to go down negative roads with people of the past or whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, you've been there already. Fucking yeah, you're reliving all that shit. I remember when I when I first read that. You probably don't remember this, but I remember because I re, I when I read the book, I reached out to you years ago. As a matter of fact, it was. I'll tell you exactly when it was, when when you did the New York City crime tour. 
and I met you down there. Oh, that picture okay. that I recently just posted yeah, of me yeah, and you, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, at yeah. that. Okay. And, and as we were leaving, we were walking to the train station. You were about to go somewhere, and I and I kind of picked your brain. I was like, not that I have a story anywhere compared to what yours is, but I was like, I would I would like to maybe write a fucking book of some sort. Not mm-hmm. that I'm anybody, but right. just 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 to be able to put that out on paper mm-hmm. is like a therapeutic thing, yeah, I that, think. That's the and, and, and all you said, and you just put it really simple, and it's just like, well, yeah, it's pretty obvious. You were just like, dude, just sit down and write. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. write. Just do it. That's it. I'm it's, looking like for some like advice and shit. Nah, man, yeah, just fucking write. Uh, you know, it's like my writing teacher, Robert McKee, said it's a great story well told. Mm-hmm. You could have a great story, but you have to know how to tell it, you know? Mm-hmm. And everybody goes through amazing shit in their lives, especially motherfuckers on the hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some asshole today, the other day, yesterday, was like, oh, yeah, John Joseph's a great fiction writer. I'm like, motherfucker, you may live your boring-ass motherfucking life in suburbia living on the internet, but mm-hmm. my shit ain't fiction, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like... Because people can't comprehend mm-hmm. what it was like growing up in New York in the 70s. It's like... I, I had to do shit to motherfuckers that I, I don't know what the outcome was of what I did, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like motherfuckers trying to push up on you on the seven, in the 70s mm-hmm. on the fucking streets of New York. Come on. And I'm 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. you know, but but it's like people can't comprehend uh, the way New York was and, and not growing up, you know. Maybe that dude grew up with mommy and daddy wiping his fucking ass, but right. I was thrown out of the... You know, my my shit started from conception. I was conceived out of a motherfucking rape, dude. My father broke in and raped my mother and did it again. So my shit started at conception. Mm-hmm. My fucking crazy shit that mm-hmm. I had to go through and being locked up and going... You know, I, I talk to my brother E all the time, you know, like the crazy shit we've done. Yeah, going to fucking boot camp, dusted, and, and and just like yeah, he's in the book too. Yeah, yeah, man. A lot of it. You know, but that's you have to know how to tell the story, and even with the adaptation for film, that's what it took me. You know, basically six, seven years almost to to get that down, to figure it out. So, but I wrote every day. You know, I mm-hmm. write. I write every day. If you don't, you can't call yourself a writer. Yeah, True. I mean, I think that's the thing about being an artist. The how fortunate you are when you're an artist. Yeah. You know, when you write or when you when you play, play music, music, anything you do, it's a release. You get you know? to do you what you to, love, man. You how many people certain, it's like therapy. You know, Craig's own. on tour with us and, and Craig from Sicko and he's mm-hmm. like, Man, I try to tell these fucking dudes that are all fucking miserable and in bands. I'm like, yo, you're getting to tour the motherfucking world and play music and get paid and have a living playing music. Why are you angry? Why are you fucking hating the world, dude? People would give a fucking they left nut to be doing yeah, what you're doing. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Be happy, man. Be happy with every fucking thing you do. Go on stage, give it your all. Nobody wants to hear you talk shit on stage. They mm-hmm. want to hear the music. Yeah. It's true. You know, and it's uh, you know, so yeah, you, there's lessons to be learned everywhere, man. I try to you know, appreciate life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, man. How did uh, how did it how did music come into your life actually? Well, music to me, like, and I the the opening scene even of my film is from the book, and it was like we were on the run from my father, living in a fucking project ghetto somewhere, mm-hmm. and the only thing that no matter what we were going through, we didn't even have money to eat. Like we, my father would fucking 
pay her child support so the court didn't put him in jail and then he would come beat her down and take the money and leave us starving and and fucking beat my mom down and take whatever food she had in the fridge and give it to his sister for her kids. That's the kind of shit yeah. we had to deal with. Jesus so like Christ. the only thing that made when my mother put and I still remember dancing around in the in the kitchen in the living room to 45s of Motown and then nothing else it was like all the pain and whatever the fuck we was going through, the hunger, it, it, it you just I just forgot it all. Mm-hmm. And even in the foster home, I had this little fucking AM radio that I would just listen to music all the time. And and I didn't even know like how, you know, I would just fantasize about traveling around with my brothers in a van and fucking like I didn't even know nothing about touring or nothing. But it was always music. That was the center of my life because I didn't have nothing else. And then I would see what the black people were going through in this country in the 60s and 70s. And and then you see them on Soul Train or whatever the fuck. And you're like, damn. And, you know, and and then, like, you know, I got... uh, into Bowie and then, you know, heard Iggy Pop and the fucking, the, the Stooges in like the mid-70s and then I was in the foster home, um, uh, the boys' home in Rockaway and then I started really getting into punk rock and the Ramones sang the Rockaway beat shit so then I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And then like go to see the Ramones at CB's and see them hanging out in Rockaway Beach at 116 at the Circle and then going to Max's and fucking just the whole... You know, punk rock was just next level shit, but I still liked soul music, black music, whatever. I didn't like disco, mm-hmm. but I liked, you know, the soul, soul, the soul yeah. music, the Motown and, and uh, Bill Withers and all that type stuff. And um, and then, uh, you know, and and then I just remembered, like, even when I was locked up, it was like... Everybody would congregate, and it was a real racist shit going on. When I was locked up, man, Roots came out. Imagine that. And you a motherfucking white boy, and then the 5% of shit came out, too, where the white man is the devil. So that's when I was incarcerated in 78. I had to deal with that, and I had to deal, you know, even you read what I went through in Spofford. The minute I walked in there, I, I, I had to fucking put a chair over somebody's head. That's just the way it was, and yeah. and, and was no joke. It was and then yeah, I was yeah. in B, I was in, I was in B three, which was the intermediate. You know, the A's I think was the um, the senior people in the twenties, and then teenagers were in the B's, and then the C's were the young kids, I believe. But uh, and then when I went upstate, every click, the white boys, to this, to that, everybody was. You would get to be in a particular area of where you was locked up in all day and then like everybody would hang in the rock section or and I was into rock too because I went to all the concerts at the garden I saw Zeppelin Sabbath the Stones the Who yes um you know I I was like fucking hustling beat ass in, <laughs> like doing crazy shit surviving you know yeah, and, and so but cool. I would like get to see these concerts and so I was still into rock but I got a little taste of the punk rock shit too, and then when I went upstate, it was uh, you know you hung out with the white boys. That's just the way it was. Like yeah, 
Uh, the world, you know, the world, man, it, it really is, is, man. And I ain't no racist. I never fucking called people this, that, the other thing, spick, nigga, whatever. I wasn't down with any of that shit. But it was just like the brothers did not want to fucking... It was a real racist thing on their part because you had these five percenters that was turning everybody Muslim and they fucking... Even if you wanted to hang out with them, you couldn't. But I got real into sports, too, and I was locked up boxing and... And they had a good sports program there to keep active people, uh, you know, keep you fit. They had a gym in every single uh, unit where you was at on this property. And then, um, you know, but music, everybody would, would go and 8-tracks was out and then I think cassettes came. And everybody would go to like their particular area of the compound and then listen to rock or fucking disco or whatever the fuck, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then when I went to the Navy, it was, uh, I went, I saw uh, Teen Idols and the Untouchables before Bad Brains, and then I was like, oh, shit, this is like some, they were all slam dancing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, mm -hmm. I was, I didn't know shit about that. I was still, this is like April 1980, I was still like into the pogo shit, but that, once I saw that, I was like, oh, man, I met all them cats, fucking... The whole DC crew came down to that show. It was it was pretty phenomenal. Then the Bad Brains played, and I started uh, really getting more in... I, I mean, I loved The Clash and all that stuff, and... Then you started just, hanging out with the Bad Brains shortly yeah, after that. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, fucking... I met the Brains in uh, Norfolk at the Taj Mahal. And, wow. uh Yeah, and then uh had a talk with HR, and... It's just weird how everything happens. And then, you know, I had problems in the Navy, which I should have never even been allowed in the Navy. Mm. <laughs> uh, really. <laughs> they had me seeing a psychiatrist and the okay. whole... You know, because I was just a fucking... Walking around with sex pistols, destroy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not a punk rocker, but, you know, them pistol shirts had SWAT stickers on mm -hmm. whatever the fuck. You mm -hmm. was just trying to... It was for shock value. Yeah, it was right? shock value. And, 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 and you're on a military base and, like, they're like, what the fuck? And then I was trying to get out of the Navy, so I kept doing this crazy shit, you know, pissing in my bunk and acting like I'm a sex fiend. And like, <laughs> Yo, just crazy shit. Out. Like, yeah, just crazy shit. And they just wouldn't... They, you know, they wouldn't let me out. And, uh, and holding you hostage. And then I there. fucked this dude up who kept fucking with me. And then it just, you know, things. I, I was going to DC like every weekend, fucking going to the shows there, hanging out with uh, Jay and Billy and fucking just the whole wild crew. Cause I mean, I met Ian and all them cats, but I was doing drugs. So it was like I wasn't into the. The, you know, the straight edge shit. I was just fucking pounding back quaaludes and drugs and whatever the fuck, mm -hmm. you know. And then uh, I just, you know, it was, uh, I just kept feeling like, yo, my time is coming short on this fucking Navy shit. <laughs> yeah. But like, I got I caught another case when I got out of lockup, so they was going to send me back upstate. And my mom was dating a recruiter at the time, so he was able to hook up this guy, Ed McNulty, Chief Ed McNulty was his name in in Flushing. And uh, he squashed all my shit wow. and got me in, man. Damn. Like, yeah, so... And, uh, you know, but um, Norfolk, I was smuggling drugs on the ship, sneaking back weed, selling pills. I sold to an undercover at the King's Head Inn in Norfolk, and I caught a case. So I had a civilian case, and then I had... 
I beat this motherfucker down with a paint can, <laughs> full paint can on my ship, and I just, you know, I hit him in all soft tissue till he shit his pants. Wow. And fucked him up. He couldn't walk for like a week. Jeez. And then they put me in the brig and like fucking, and it was really like just every single thing that happened, I realized it was like, you know, it was... uh it was just fucking all in the plan, the master plan of the universe or whatever, you know. I was really starting to question, you know, what the fuck life is about after meeting Bad Brains and then these other cats and, and hanging out with all the crew that hung out with Bad Brains was all these, like, dudes working in health food stores, this guy Major in D.C., this black dude, and then, uh, you know, eating vegetarian food already while I'm still in the Navy and, and just, like... Not fully vegetarian, but just being exposed to it. And, and just, I felt the camaraderie of, of the scene because I never had family, really. I mean, I was tight with my brothers, but we just kept getting separated and going our own ways. My brother E got locked up. I got locked up. It was like Frank went to another foster home, this, that. We just kept getting separated our whole lives. Damn. And my mother was never really there. She had her own personal fucking psychological shit she had to deal with from being fucking basically the shit beat out of her her entire time she was with my father and uh, taking pills trying to commit suicide the whole shit so uh, you know it, it was never really a family structure and I think like that's what hardcore gives people is a family that they, you know you could come from the worst shit and then you feel this camaraderie with people yeah. on the scene you're connecting over this music and the shit was real and, and um, you know, so I started feeling like, yo, this is my family. Finally, this is where the fuck I belong. And then, uh, except that they were just planning to, like, court-martial me or whatever the mm -hmm. fuck. I never found out what happened because uh, I was on the ship and we had just left Puerto Rico and we were going to South America. And um, I had an infection in my jaw. They pulled teeth. And then they had to medevac me off the ship. And then they forgot to put that I was restricted and, you know, supposed to be fucking locked up. And uh, they, uh, so I was running around in Puerto Rico. Then they sent me back to Norfolk because they said your ship is gone past to be shelled back past Brazil, past the equator and all that. So go to Nimitz Hall in Norfolk. And then I was, still forgot to put I was AWOL, I mean, um, restricted. And they was paying me, and then, you know, after like a month and a half, I was there in uh, Nimitz Hall, TPU, Transient Personnel Unit, and um, going to shows in D.C. every weekend, going buck wild. Yeah, because these, these are the times where, like, it was no computers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all paperwork shit. So, ah, uh, we don't know that this guy yeah, is fucking Yeah, it was all paperwork. Yeah, so that yeah, shit now gets lost in the shuffle easy you know. now. It's impossible. <laughs> so then, like, I, I was... Going out, and then, like, the dude who had the duty that day goes, uh, Hey, uh, John, your ship's coming in today. And gave me the nod. Like, the motherfucking master at arms called and said, Yo, fucking lock this guy down. Because there's two parts. Like, when Harley and Paris snitched on me and locked, got, and I went and turned myself in before the cops could get me, which we'll talk about later because I noticed he didn't put that shit in his book, but everybody knows the real deal. He snitched on somebody else and put him away for 25 years, too. I didn't read his book. Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, either. I don't read fiction, man. It's not my thing. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is like, 
there's two units of Nimitz Hall. One is lockdown, where you can't leave the unit, and then there's the other part where you have ID, you leave. So they was he told him to put me in the lockdown part, but he gave me the heads up. So I get on the, the bus, the local bus goes down Hampton Boulevard into the base and then goes to the end of the base and comes back out. So I'm on the bus. And as I'm fucking about, I was stopped at a light and I'm about to get out the gate and the master at arms. And Nimitz right here and they're standing right there waiting for the light to change and I'm right here. And like all they got to do is go like this and they would have fucking just pulled the gun out and been like, stop the bus. But I just sunk down, the light changed and rolled out the gate, stayed in Norfolk for... I don't know, like a couple weeks at people's houses, and then I hit, and then I went up to D.C. to a show, and it was the undead. No Gave shit. me a ride back to New York. I hitched with them, and and I get out the van, and I run into fucking HR at 171 in the doorway. Like no shit, yo, and then that was it. I just started hanging with them. And then that night I got in a fight with the fucking Puerto Rican gang motherfuckers. Nobody would stand up to them. Mm-hmm. And they're in there fucking at the Bad Brains show at 171A, smacking motherfuckers around, pulling knives. And I fought them with a chain and uh, got my respect. <laughs> and uh, and then I moved in with the Bad Brains and started stay when they recorded the record. And, uh, you know, HR was the first person to put a mic in my hand and be like, yo... You need to be singing, not drumming. And Cro-Mag started rehearsing. It's in the big takeover. And then uh, the reason why everybody quit was because Harley was treating everybody like shit. Mm. Quoting Dave Hahn uh, in the big takeover. It's in my book. I put the quote, I put the picture of the magazine right there. And uh, and then I went on a road with the Bad Brains, and we formed a band called Blood Clot, which was the Roadies. And then, yep. you know, and then it was just music, 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 music. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But you know, I got to do a lot of a lot of cool shit. Yeah, and, man. Uh, and, and I did all that shit while I was uh, AWOL with Federal Warrants. That's fucking That's nuts. You know, MTV. It's like, yeah, I'm AWOL. Gonna hit a ride. I go. I go to a show. <laughs> And then I go back. Well, everybody knew I was AWOL. Nobody ever snitched on me. That well, that's it's all, well, it's fucking everyone's fucking snitches, bro, nowadays. It's nowadays, ridiculous. Yes, everybody's a fucking rat. Everyone's calling cops. Everyone's fucking Well, snitches. cell phones. It's like, you Stop know. It, I like I, This kid tried to steal. It's like 20-something-year-old Spanish kid tried to take my boy's bike. Mm. And, right? In my building. Like, connect, like locked up to the, to the fucking... Outside railing. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, man, c- come on, man. He's like, what? And I was like, bro, you're violating. That's my boy's bike, bro. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, I ain't doing shit coming off all fucking hardcore, <laughs> hard rock and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to stand here and make sure you don't do shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and then I was like, going to call my boy and be like, yo, just come get your bike, man. Like, he was taking the wheel off and shit. And, He's like, yo, why don't you mind your motherfucking business? And he's getting up, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, trying to make me flinch. And I just was like, I just put my hands up, like, and I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm just telling you, man. <laughs> if you fucking touch me, bro, you're going to have a really bad day. Trust me. <laughs> and then he fucking pulls out a box razor and tries to slice my face. And I had my hands up, so I caught him with an inside elbow, cracked him with a left hook, 
and then knee on the way down. And he's like, uh, and then, um, you know, he's like, I didn't, it was right in front of my building, so I didn't want to, whatever, and, uh, have cops and an ambulance coming. I could have fucking stomped his head into the goddamn concrete, but I figured, all right, you learn your lesson, but mm -hmm. no, he did not. Yeah. So he picks up a piece of plumbing pipe and comes at me with that, and I sidestepped it. Kicked him in the side of his fucking knees and he went into the garbage and he's like, I got something for you, motherfucker. And I'm like, shit. Like, it's like you're still talking shit. You're getting, no, you're getting see, thrown around. That's the what I thought. He was coming back with his homies. Mm. And I go and I ring my friend's bell and I'm like, yo, yo, come down, get your bike. And then I hear, that's him right there. Oh and I'm God. like, fuck, man. I'm going to fucking... I was just going to run. If, I'm not going to get in no fight with like five motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. right. But it wasn't five motherfuckers. He went and got a cop on the corner oh, and came back cunt. with 5-0 to have me arrested. Wow. And the cops were going to lock me up. And the only reason I didn't get locked up was because the lady in the laundromat was right there and saw the whole thing and came out. No, no, my son. She's from Bulgaria. She calls me her son. This lady, Margaret. He tried to slice his face. He was stealing the bike. And then the cops were like, I was like, I live on this block. Ask this motherfucker what he's doing here. Or he's stealing everybody's bikes on this block, been getting their shit stolen. It's this motherfucker. And the cops were like, if he comes back, call us. We'll lock him up. I said, I ain't going to do that. Yeah. I'm just going to fucking bang him out and call the fucking ambulance. <laughs> so then the cops left and I like... He was going down the block. I said, come on, motherfucker. Like, you're going to call the cops? You ain't even a fucking thug, man. Yeah. You're a fake motherfucker. I would have taken your sneakers if, if you was ever locked. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just fucking with him. But then fast forward four <laughs> months ago, he's walking down my street with this oldest Puerto Rican dude who was one of the old school gangsters down on 11th Street. And... That I knew from the neighborhood, and he's like, yo, what's up? And the old dude, he's like, yo, this is the mother only motherfucker that had heart. Like, he got respect back in the day, and like, I'm looking at this kid like, I said, what's up, man? Like, I feel like nothing ever happened, you know? But it's just funny, man. New York is, New York is, uh, is some funny shit, man, back, you know, back in it. Just Crazy, dealing man. with shit out there. Yeah. This was recent? Yeah, this was like last year, man. That's, that's yeah, like, ridiculous. But I would have got locked up, man. If the lady didn't come out from the laundry, they, they was putting cuffs on me. That's fucked up. Yeah. Man. Well, shout out to Margaret, the Bulgarian said I lady. Fucking, I, 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 she, he said, I, I assaulted him. And there was the razor, the box razor in the street. I said, look, there's the razor. He tried to slice my fucking face. Like, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of loud mouth. The cops. I know a lot of very tough people and they don't talk, they don't brag. Right. They don't brag and they, you know, what great fighters they are and yeah. they choke this person out and that person. It's like, motherfucker, please. Yeah. Like, real motherfuckers don't be needing to talk shit. They mm. don't say shit. Right. I know motherfuckers that won't say nothing. It's right. like the pit bull, the tail of wag and the motherfucker will bite your ass. Yeah. That's the real deal. It ain't the loud mouths that you got to worry about. No. And you shouldn't worry about anybody because if you just mind your P's and Q's, any, somebody like that is never going to fuck with you. It's always some loud mouth, ignorant motherfucker that's got something to prove. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but they say empty barrels make the most noise. And that's, yeah. to me, man, that's been the truth. Yeah. So, you know. 
What put like to to go back a little bit because you touched on like you were introduced to like vegetarian food, not fully vegetarian, blah blah. blah. What kind of put you onto the track that you're on now and have been on for the last what thirty years? Yeah, thirty seven years. Well, I'm gonna tell you, man. I went to Jamaica, right, and I was smuggling. My shit went to Jamaica twice, and I smuggled weed back. Mm-hmm. So the first time, I got off in Montego Bay. When you go on the sh- when you're in the ship and you go out to sea. They bring you down to the mess deck and they show you like a movie. Like back then they didn't even have, they showed you like a, a film. You know, the old projectors mm-hmm. of who not to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. And the first person people they showed was if you use prostitutes, you know, there's really nice things to see in Jamaica. It's very, it's an impoverished country. Uh, if you use, uh, make sure, and then they show dick pictures with diseases. Uh, use a condom. <laughs> this oh, could happen. That should have scared you. And the second people was Rastas smoking ganja. <laughs> like fucking with dreads. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and, and I swear to God, dude. And I was like, and then this motherfucker that went there before was like, yo, man, just get boxes of soap and all kinds of radios and shit like that. These motherfuckers will trade you anything for weed. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And wow. I got off the ship. And I never hung out with people on my ship or the Navy or nothing. Like, I got off my ship, I got my civvies on, and I got the fuck away from everybody. And like, as soon as I was in Montego Bay, it wasn't all this built up shit you see now with hotels. Mm-hmm. It was fucking, shit was like dirt roads in yeah. 1980. And I met this fucking 20 something year old Rasta, brought me up into the hills, but he was like eating this shit in a container and it was like Kalaloo and Aki. I'm like, seaweed and greens. And I'm like, yo, what the, f- brown rice? I was like, yo, what the fuck is that? Yeah. He's like, man, it's Aital. If you eat this, you could live to 120 years, man. You don't eat Babylon food. I'm like, what? I said, let me try that shit. I was like, <laughs> were you like, what the fuck is Babylon food? <laughs> yeah, nah, I didn't know none of that shit. I was starting to listen to Bob Marley, mm-hmm. though, so I had a concept, but Bob Marley never talked about eating Aital or nothing. And then I tasted it, and I was like, I spit that shit out. I was like, yo, that shit's nasty, man. It tastes yeah. like dirt. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the second time, I still wasn't down with the food. But, uh, you know, it wasn't until when I went up to New York. It was like 81, and I was hanging with Bad Brains and, and J.W. Lee, their sound man, who produced that record and owned 171 Studio, was completely raw. And what happened was, uh, Bad Brains was, they, he was always giving me his food. Like, you know, he would give you his last motherfucking apple or whatever. He was just like a sage, that dude. Mm -hmm. So he was like, you know, telling me about raw foods and healing his body and all this shit. And then, uh, HR and them started taking me to this health food store called Prana Foods on the corner of 9th and 1st. And the dude from the Dots, Vinny Signorelli, who's in The Unsane, was working there. And he was hooking us up with free fucking food, mm-hmm. falafel sandwiches and hummus sandwiches and all soups and all this shit. And I was like, yo. And then he's like, yo, we're, we need, we, 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 we're looking for us to hire somebody. He was the manager and he gave me a job. And that was, that was a wrap after wow. that. Because then Prana Foods was connected to Integral Yoga Institute on 13th Street. So I started doing yoga. And then I started going to the seminars there on health and longevity from Victoria Skovinskis, who wrote Survival into the 21st Century, and uh, 
the Hippocrates Health Center people, and then I just got into raw foods completely, like eating raw. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, when I went and lived at the Hare Krishna Temple, they eat dairy and stuff like that. So, you know, you eat what, whatever, you know, I was a monk for two years, so uh, 82 to 84, the end of 83 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, man, but I just, and then kept getting more information and, and on the whole thing and, uh, you know, just uh, the GMOs and the pesticides and which is crazy now. It's yeah. like it's like more crazy. Well, than everybody's ever with Monsanto getting sick. And all yeah, that. yeah. It's well, crazy. you know, there's a reason for all of that shit. It's just like I posted yesterday that uh, it's eleven thousand five hundred more times what you're supposed to be giving a child in terms of thimerosal and mercury and, and, and aluminum that's in the vaccines now. Sure, uh, you know, you think that the owners of the pharmaceutical companies are giving their kids these vaccines with all this shit in there? No, but what happens is when you inject that shit into a kid's body, number one, it stays in the body and affects them and causes degenerative diseases right. down the road. So you, they're going to be a patient of the pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. for life mm -hmm. because yeah. it's going to break down their immune system. So the whole system is designed to make you sick, keep you sick, stay, keep you barely alive, and sell you meds. That's what's going on. There's a great book called uh, Confessions of an Rx Drug Dealer. What's, cra what's crazy is that people that, that just heard you say that, and I would say the same kind of thing, and there's a few other things I definitely need to talk to you about, mm -hmm. but people will roll their eyes. And be like, like they're, they're like ignorant to, to... I think it's partly because they don't want to believe it. I yeah, think, well, I you think could stick your head with... in the fucking sand if you mm. want, but that doesn't right, mean right. It, it ain't true. Right. Read a book called Confessions of an Rx Drug Pusher. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say. She was an executive for all Pfizer in these companies, and then the company knew about a, a, a dangerous um, reaction to the drug, and they released it anyway. And then this woman's niece died and then she went on the warpath against them because they settle they sell they make billions of dollars off a drug and then they settle for pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. that's the game yeah why if and the fda is in cahoots with them if they weren't how come the shit gets passed and then recalled think right. of all the drugs that get recalled how does that happen mm -hmm. if they really did the research on that drug, why does that drug then all these lawsuits and it causes blindness and it causes... It's like they sell you meds for one thing and then you look at it and it's like, may cause suicidal fucking thoughts. And no oh, fucking yeah. May cause, like, how about may, may... The best one I laugh all the time, may cause compulsions to start gambling. Yeah. What the fuck are you giving me that I want to go and start gambling? That's crazy. Dude. It's all crazy. science and, they, and there's they fucking know, mad scientists out there. They know what the fuck is... They know what they're doing, dude. That's why I tell people the control you have is what you put in your body. You taking... Eating good food, exercising, staying sober. That's the road I chose. Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm on it. You know, you make the worst decisions of your life when you're fucked up. If you think about the stupid shit you did. Absolutely. Most of that man. shit was when you were fucked up and not coherent and able to make proper judgments. And as we're getting older, I mean, I'm 55. I'm sure you guys are in your 40s mm -hmm. or whatever the yeah. fuck. So it's like, pff, dude... 
we did all the partying and the crazy yeah, shit. Uh, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Y- you know what I'm saying? It's like you're in the second half of your fucking life. So take that shit serious, man. Mm-hmm. Try to try to get somewhere, you know, with what you're doing. And, 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 and you don't light a fire and throw water on it. That's why I tell people... You know, by example, hey, man, I stay clean and fucking sober. I don't even drink coffee, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe whatever, you know. I, I'm an addict. I always will be, so I can't have one spliff. I got to smoke the whole bag. I can't have one drink. I got to fucking, I can't, you know. One thing leads to another to another. That's the sure. thing of a day. You know, my brother's same, an same addict. He's all fucking strung out and... Me and my older brother E, we we we're sober, plant based, taking shit serious. That's mm-hmm. it's very serious times that you know we're living in, and uh, I find that most of the motherfuckers that try to deny the truth and be like, oh yeah, rolling their eyes when you say something, that's the motherfuckers that's also getting fucked up. Cause the minute you don't put them drugs in your body and your thinking is clear, you start really questioning what the fuck is going on yeah. around you, man. Mm-hmm. You know what's this government doing? You know, it's like the whole 9-11 shit, just everything. Oh, it's just, it's just all fucking bullshit, Perfect, dude. perfect, because it's I was just going to say. Yeah. I mean, come on. Dude, hold on. Dude, anybody with a half a motherfucking brain could put the pieces together on that shit. Because you know? I, I'm going to say I wasn't like, all right, the, the initial shock and whatever was going on, I wasn't very into researching any of that stuff before it happened and whatnot, it was in politics and government. But then after 9-11, I'm going to say probably... About a month later, like, the, I guess the shock and just all the fucked up shit kind of... The shock and awe. Yeah, yeah, you like that bumper sticker logo? Yeah, yeah, shock and awe. Like, right. yeah, that's what you did to the right. motherfucking masses in this country, right. motherfucker. Right, so, like, so, I'm always questioning shit, questioning shit, and then I have to thank you because it was... You were playing with the Fearless Vampire Killers, and you opened up for Sick of It All at CB's in, like... 2003 yeah something like that and i'm saying i remember i remember it vividly because i had a really bad fucking sunburn and i couldn't go crazy and i was pissed off so i'm watching and you had mentioned yo 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 check it out watch this documentary 9-11 in plain sight p-l-a-n-e yeah and you said i remember exactly what you said and i said all right mental note and then i started watching and then i started really Looking at every story, not just what they show you on the idiot box, but all of it. Yeah. And then it fucking. They announced Seven World Trade fell while it's still standing. It's crazy. There's Dude. a screenshot from the BBC of the it's girl all, announcing it, and it's right behind you. And then the whole Pentagon shit, like, for all of that shit. To be happened the way that the government said it happened, man. Oh man, come on, yeah. dude. Oh, but you they got stand down orders for the fucking air force to not take the planes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, you know, and, and out of all shit, got pulverized to sand. But they found all the passports in yeah. the fucking rubble. And, oh, but you don't realize though, because jet fuel burns hotter than you know yeah. regular fire. And even if you watch the initial film <laughs> of the collapse of the wall, the Pentagon, all the motherfucking. 
books are not burned on tables, yeah. so that was a motherfucking... And there's, there's not even wing damage on the Pentagon. All I got to say is, <laughs> years ago I saw this thing on TV about the security cameras at the Pentagon, how mm. they were able to read somebody's newspaper from a mile away, but yep. yet not one motherfucking out of all them hundred cameras or whatever the fuck they, they all, got... They were all down. Not one caught a motherfucking plane. Right. I mean, dude, it's just... And then there was CIA people in the collecting uh, shit. Collecting, collecting video surveillance from all the fucking businesses stations and stations. But here's the thing. It was done for a motherfucking reason. Yes. And, and when you keep people in fear, they had to create a new mm-hmm. boogeyman, a new sure. Russia. So this yeah. is the war that can never be... Ru- it's the war on against your mind. That's it. Yeah. Because David, they, they're... Win. You know, and then they, then they have these fucking... Uh, you know these these motherfuckers that they go and and they they you know what what is that shit called when they uh, <laughs> when they brainwash somebody to like you know hey man go strap this bomb on and oh it's like mind control shit yeah like, like they get these motherfuckers to go they set them up what, what acting the like they're Al Qaeda or ISIS or whoever the fuck but meanwhile a lot of these motherfuckers is working for the CIA and the yeah, U.S. Man. government yeah, Middle Eastern. Bodies. What's yep. the name of that fucking thing? Yeah, you know what I'm talking. I, I know. Manchurian candidates. Yeah, that's uh, they got yeah, these motherfuckers, and yeah. so they just keep saying like, "Oh yeah, the war on terror." The it's not a war on terror. It's a war on your fucking mind yeah. to control you and keep you in fear. And who's benefiting from it? Mm-hmm. The fucking military industrial complex. Sure, man. Yeah, it's crazy. We are the biggest exporters of war and death on the planet. That's yep. what we export. It's crazy because a lot of people refuse to believe that. Yeah, but then, you know, yeah. you may not believe that, uh, you know, if, if if I take these drugs and drink and eat meat and do all this other shit that you're going to get sick. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I would say 99.999% chance you, you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing, you know, and the thing is, it's important that, you know, there's someone like yourself, a writer, someone who is, you know, well known in the underground music scene around the world. You know, you're... If people like you were talking about it. And, yeah, well, and you, that, you know, know what? I mean? Here's the other thing. I knew cops and motherfucking people in the FDNY that were there that day and said explosions mm-hmm. went off in the yeah. base of them towers. And the brass from the fire department and police department fucking went to their house and was like, if you give any more fucking interviews, you're losing your pension, every motherfucking wow. thing. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something else. That guy that caught the first plane going into the... I'm not down with this whole, oh yeah, it was a projection. It wasn't a real plane. No. And, uh, like, there's some motherfucking shit out there that yeah. these people are smoking crack. Yeah. And taking ayahuasca or whatever the fuck they're doing. Right. But, uh, I knew the fireman who was with Gamma Films, the French filmmakers. He's an actor. James Hanlon. Okay. Who was the one that filmed them first? He was doing the documentary. That was his firehouse, Johnny Mac and James, Jimmy Hanlon on Dwayne Street. So... Like, a lot of fucking really crazy shit uh, went on that 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 particular day, and uh, you know. The sad thing is, is there's still people that were there that day trying to save lives and like firemen and still getting sick. Dude, and you know, you know what? Still, as much as still. they support the first responders, they're fucking denying them their fucking it's benefits. Fucking yeah. This government don't give a fuck, fuck about you. They don't. Them motherfuckers in Washington don't give a fuck nope. about you. And that's why I always 
to segue back to hardcore punk rock. Yeah. That's why I always supported the scene because mm -hmm. this, I said, if the revolution and anything's going to come, it's going to come from free, open-minded, thinking motherfuckers in this music yep. scene. You know, it, it ain't it ain't like the sell-out, bling-bling, hip-hop fucking dummies or the mm -hmm. fucking, you know, most of the metal dudes are fucking, I, no disrespect, but I'm just saying, they're not... Two forward progress thinking mm -hmm. motherfuckers. Still singing uh, about Lord of the Rings and shit. Yeah, Lord of the <laughs> right. Rings and fucking like in this goth fantasy bullshit yeah. with yeah. fucking like that motherfucker that just some shit happened. I forget what. He did a Nazi salute from that band Watain. Oh. That motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Yo, we was at, he tried <laughs> to sit next to me. Uh, we was on the Soundwave tour with that motherfucker mm -hmm. and like we would take buses to the planes and fly. That motherfucker tried to sit next to me. On the fucking plane or whatever, and I was like, "Yo, get your ass the fuck out of here! You ain't sitting there covered in pig." He, they, they, every show they Ooh. dump a gallon of pig oh blood God. on them, and they don't this. shower, so yeah. they stink like shit. This motherfucker tries to come and sit next. to I me. heard of the band, but I don't know. I was them at like, all. "Yo, you ain't sitting here." He's like, "Well, you know, popping some shit." I said, "Get your ass!" I got up. I said, "Get the fuck away!" And then he got the message, and that everybody that knew that I, I'm like. <laughs> whatever vegan and shit they was all like yo that dude was about to get rained on I was like I'll knock that motherfucker out with his fucking stenchy pig blood bullshit yeah. but you know most of them metal motherfuckers is you know living in the stairway to heaven fantasy shit of yeah. fucking you know some bullshit crazy mm -hmm. warlock fantasy bullshit yeah. you know there's some bands out there kicking some knowledge too but for the most mm -hmm. even the rappers you know you got your motherfuckers that know yeah. what time it is but Absolutely. most of them is just sellouts especially now they're not yeah, most of, and, and the they're rappers are the shit. underground guys like yeah. the underground they rappers. don't get no you know so if the if the if any kind of you know revolutionary thinking's coming man you look at motherfuckers on this scene and it's like yo pff, and that's what attracted me you know when HR was doing his thing and the bad brains and fucking talking about revolution and you know but then I started seeing it's a revolution of consciousness not you ain't picking up arms against these. Mm -hmm. That's the real shit. They want you to pick up weapons yeah. and go against them. Of course they do. The shit they can't stop is the revolution of consciousness. That's it's it. like, I don't even give a fuck what you're doing. I'm going to do my thing. Fuck mm -hmm. you. And that's how you win because it's like once the paradigm shift happens and everyone starts thinking a different way. That's then, the power that's of thought the is the is. most powerful weapon you have, man. Mm -hmm. The power of your mind. And that's why they try to capture your fucking mental process and thoughts and brainwash you and fucking put all this shit out on television it's yeah. all subtle shit mm -hmm. radio and like you know they know that these foods and i'm gonna tell you straight up the shit that's devoid of nutrition makes you stupid mm -hmm. i'm sorry but it does there's yeah. there's foods that that are high in chlorophyll that uh, that help with brain function and thought process and everything Nutrient deficient foods makes you a fucking zombie. That's mm -hmm. what they want. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that 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 this is why they're putting all this nutrient deficient shit out there and having your kids on it and kids getting fucking diabetes at twelve years old and all this shit. What kind of where the fuck are we heading as a society? Mm -hmm. We you know you need to watch what the health. You need to watch forks over knives. You need to watch all these all, all these movies on health and 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 do the studying yourself. I don't tell nobody 
what the fuck to do. I just say, yo, go see what the doctors got to say. Mm-hmm. Not the doctors that's working for the pharmaceutical companies and trying to sell you meds and getting paid paid vacations and cars and whatever the fuck, because that shit's still happening. Yeah. Go to the ones, the Dr. Esselstyn's and the Dr. Campbell's and Robert Osfeld from Montefiore, who's healing up people in uh, in the Bronx and shit of, of disease. They can't even, they're fucking 300 pounds, can't even walk up a flight of stairs, and they go to his cardiac wellness program for plant-based, reverse all their disease, man. That's the that's their greatest fear is that you're gonna wake the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And foods in the mode of goodness. There's foods in the mode of ignorance. They're devoid of nutrition. They cause you your brain function to not work. They cause disease in the body. They're dead, rotting, decaying, devoid of any kind of life. And then there's foods in the mode of goodness, which mm-hmm. are plant-based foods, high in chlorophyll and, and omegas and all this amazing stuff. And, and that's going to give you the longevity and the life and get you off the meds. And, you know, all, once they got you, man, they got you. That's why I try to tell people, wake up. You know, it's really starting to take off. Meters for pussies is blowing the fuck up now. Mm-hmm. And it ain't because I call you a pussy if you eat meat. I say you'll, you'll, you'll be a pussy dependent upon the pharmaceutical companies to keep you alive. If that's what you want, put the book back. It ain't for you. Mm-hmm. But the shit's getting out there. I started the YouTube channel, The Hard Truth. You know, all the shit I do, I ain't making no money. I have motherfuckers come up and try to offer. I'm I'm paying for that shit myself out of pocket, man. Yeah. You know? It's fantastic. Because it's about educating people. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't sell out in music. And and it's like, I'm not going to sell out with what what the fuck I'm doing, man. I got offered TV shows and everything. And I turned that shit down because they were like, well, we can't have... You know, it was about helping kids, putting them in a house and, and fucking putting them through this, like, boot camp program and fucking doing what I did, basically, for myself and helping inner city. And they were like, oh, there can't be any meeting. I mean, we had fucking two callbacks from A&E and all the big fucking networks. And they were like, well, if there can't be meat in the house and all the rest of the shit, then we're going to pass. I said, well, I ain't fucking, I ain't selling out. Yeah. That's it. I don't need the money. Uh, You know, it's about the ethics of the shit. How the fuck can I be doing what I'm doing and then say, oh, yeah, let's let's feed them some chicken nuggets and fucking kill these motherfuckers. Like, yeah. So, you know, and and it's the same thing. I pay for for the shit that I'm, you know, I pay the producer and the director and all these motherfuckers that's doing editing and all this shit. I'm paying for it out of pocket. I don't take a dime. I spend my money to put put that content out there. Yeah. Now, when, when, uh, when you talk about like um, you know people transitioning from the lifestyle that they live eating meat and then starting to eat vegan or plant plant based, I plant-based. say you know I I can't stand most of the vegans are fucking annoying I'm sorry yeah. but no it's all good yeah, I, I, I I fucking love letter, that you just fucking the, the said the five that. letter curse word I got I that I fucking love that he just said that because yo it's like you know you <laughs> eat better than nobody else because yeah, yeah, yeah. you eat broccoli and yeah. tofu motherfucker get off your high horse I I will say now it's really changed mm-hmm. there's a lot more cool motherfuckers and they call they say they're plant based or whatever mm-hmm. And uh, okay, uh, what, what would you? My question was going to be even. like, you know, cause <laughs> I think the problem is, I think the heart, the the biggest challenge is, how do we get like kids in school eating plant based foods? Like, how, well, you know, I speak. Here, here, here you go, man. I'm going to tell you how because I just, I just, uh, 
I, I speak at high schools, mm-hmm. and there's a program called the Healthy School Food Coalition, and I'm involved with them. I'm on their speaking bureau, and they go. They made the first public school vegetarian in America in Flushing, wow. and Candle Seventy Nine, the restaurant, who, you know. They do well for themselves, but they give back to the community. They, they, they supply the food, and we go into the high schools, and we feed the kids amazing plant-based meals and educate them on health. And what are they serving? I mean, you know, did you, if you saw Lunch Hour, James Costa's film, that how do you think that they're able to call pizza a motherfucking vegetable mm-hmm. and it's it counts as a vegetable for the yeah, because how, the yeah. dairy companies and the meat companies and all these companies have grants for the schools they're getting fucking yeah. taxpayer dollars and poisoning our fucking people kids will with actually this buy food. that shit dude pizza's a vegetable if you say it enough people will believe that if shit you say anything true, enough true. You know, people who believe you, I guess. But watch that movie and then, you know, lunch hour about who is making the money poisoning your fucking kids. And then you make, like, my new cookbook that's coming out. I take... Do you have a name for it? Yeah. I can't say none because, you know what? I I, I said me to some pussies and then I had a motherfucker purchase... I had a motherfucker buy the domain and then then hit me up and be like, hey, man, you want to buy the domain? Oh, they held you I was like, yeah, meet me in the alleyway behind CBGB's. (laughs) I'll bring the cash. 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. Man, I'll beat behind. that shit out of you, yeah, you cock sucking motherfucker. Isn't that, isn't that illegal now? Nah, man, they do that nah. shit all the time. You say something, and, and then the motherfucker goes and buys a domain on the spot. So I don't tell nobody nothing no more when it comes to my titles yeah, or anything. Yeah, nah, I got it. But yeah, hey, but I think I'm running up the flagpole. Listen, yeah, uh, you know, if you cook shit, and here's the thing like, even my recipes, kids are eating the food that I'm making because I make it taste good and it's still healthy. You know, the lasagna that I made, the, the fucking episode got 11.4 million hits. Mm-hmm. The, the shit that I've done on Vice, mm-hmm. it's got 11 yeah. million, uh, 11 and a half million hits right now on, on Vice. And, and and people feed it to their kids and you know and I said this too because I made this dish on on the hard truth and I'm like yo you're poisoning your fucking kids you need to stop this shit you need to understand the repercussions of what the fuck you feed and you may not give a fuck but that kid is gonna have medical problems for the rest of his fucking life because the truth of the matter is a kid that suffers obesity I think I believed it was like 80 over 85% of them suffer obesity for the rest of their life. They can't break it. They can't break that that habit. So feed the kids good food. Just you have to be able like when I made my macaroni and cheese, if you look on the hard truth, the mac and cheese and then the burger episode mm-hmm. I did, yep. a plant-based organic. What did I say? You got to be able to disguise the medicine a little bit. Put that shit in there. They're getting their greens, they're getting all this shit, but make it taste good. Mm-hmm. There, that was an oil-free dish and everything, man. That's That yeah. was like forks over knives, uh, oil-free. And here's the thing. Even people ask me about the oil and all that. Look, man, if you're about to have a motherfucking cardiac arrest or get a quadruple bypass, don't eat oil. Mm-hmm. But for most people, a little bit of oil is not going to fucking kill you, especially right. if you're doing you know, really healthy. Like today, I made my girl waffles for breakfast and... You know, you put a little bit of oil in the fucking batter. Big, big fucking deal, you know. 
Everybody wants to be the expert now and yeah. be like fucking criticizing you. That's the whole within the plant-based movement. There's these motherfuckers too. That's like everything you do, there gotta be. I'm like motherfucker. I've been doing this 37 years. Come holler at me yeah. in not even 10 years. <laughs> see me in five years. Let's see yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're gonna have a stick up your ass, you're not gonna right. make it too far in life. That's right. just right. you gotta. Yeah. This is John from the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast. My band Candiria will be headlining a very special Blacklight Media Showcase at the Gramercy Theater on Thursday, March 8th in New York City. We have a very special set of music planned for this event featuring songs from our second album, Beyond Reasonable Doubt. Some of these songs have never once been performed live. You can find tickets for this special event at concertsone.livenation.com or mercuryeastpresents.com slash the Gramercy Theater. How did you, how were you able to live this way then? When you started to, I it's got to be more difficult then. Oh, it was terrible then, man. Yeah, we I'm would sure. go on the road with the bad brains, and we would have to take a twenty-five pound bag of rice, a twenty-pound, twenty-five pound bag of, and I would get it from the health food store of of uh, of beans, mm-hmm. lentils, or whatever the fuck, split peas, and then, you know, uh, and then everywhere we go, we would buy vegetables, and we would have big jars of tahini sauce. Mm. So it was called the yacht. Right, that's what the bad brains. It's a Jamaican Rasta thing. So, in the bottom of the pot, you put the fucking beans, and you cook your shit in one pot. And this is what we had most of the time. If there wasn't a restaurant or people didn't cook for us, you put the beans, then you put the rice, then you put the starchy vegetable, then you put the broccoli, and then you put the the fucking greens on top. So the steam, steam, steam. The heat cooks the cooks the beans. Cook then it cooks the rice, then it cooks the starchy vegetables, then the broccoli, and then the uh, you know then the, the lighter greens, mm-hmm. and then you mix that shit with some fucking kale. And that was what you ate on the motherfucking road. But that you shit's know, fucking healthy as fuck. Healthy man. as can't... fuck. And I'm out there fucking playing every day and training with HR and running and doing whatever. And even mm. in the Cro-Mag shit, we would come back off the tour. I'd be more healthy than when I left. Yeah. Training every day, eating right. You just, you know, the whole thing about it is knowledge, man. Educating yourself. Knowledge is... The most valuable thing you can have in this in this world, yeah. and no one, it's never been easier. Now there's an app called Happy Cow, and I use it all over the world. I did the fucking Iron Man in Mexico and fucking wherever the fuck, or traveling, and you be in the middle of nowhere and you just bring up your app and it tells you every single restaurant that has mm-hmm. plant-based options or stores or. I just used it in fucking uh, Bulgaria and. and uh, we just played in Serbia and Bulgaria, and I found places, and the people were flipping on me. They're like, we have never met anyone like you. Please come back. And they, I said, yeah, I wrote, a, I wrote a book. Here, put that in. They didn't even speak English. And then the girls are like, hee, 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 meet us for pussies, hee, hee. That's were, You know, but I try to have fun with it, man, and make people laugh. Even my posts and shit I do on Instagram, it's like, you know... This is how you get the point across, man. The way Archie Bunker did, man. Make yeah. motherfuckers laugh about shit, and then don't try to preach to people. Right. Chris Rock, same shit. Yep. He makes you laugh your motherfucking ass off, but you know what? You're going like, yo, that mm-hmm. shit was true, though. Yep. Yeah, it's like he brings your guard down. Carlin, too. Yeah, George Carlin was like, yeah, George Carlin, man. What did he say? I just quoted him today on on, oh, uh, on Twitter. I'm like, George Carlin said, if you trust your government, you're a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, he, yeah. He always says, "Yeah, I, you know, I, have, but I have one rule I live by: never, never believe a thing the government says. Zero, yeah, nothing." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's you know, they tell me, yeah. you, uh, "Yeah, I love George." Yeah, man. George you man. know, they tell you all this shit. You know, I mean, even look at. How the food pyramids changed since we was kids, and then boom, eat your meat and your dairy and your eggs and all this shit. Now they're like, you know, they they know what's they know what's going on, mm-hmm. man. But you know, at the same time, if there was another movie that came out and they did this study in this one town down south, and they put everybody on a plant based diet, it was one of the doctors from Forks Over Knives. Okay. And he went there and put this whole town on a plant based diet. It was like 150, 200 people, reversed all their disease. And they wanted to pass a legislature to get money to do this shit to the, to nut, to the whole fucking next town or whatever. And you know who blocked it? The motherfuckers from the meat, the dairy. Yep. They motherfuckers that uh, they get they're paying the politicians, mm-hmm. you know, and sure. they block that shit, dude. It's ridiculous. Because they know they're selling you. It's like a crack dealer. Yeah, that's what these motherfuckers are. They're yep. drug dealers, yeah, dude. Like they dude know that their shit too. is fucking poisoning you. Yeah, but they're making billions of dollars off yep. it. So it's like. And then if you, you know, and speak, you know, you want to trust your government to hold, say no to drug shit and everything. Meanwhile, George Bush is bringing cocaine into the country, landing at Bill Clinton's Air Force bases, airline, airports in fucking Arkansas. And they're bringing the fucking crack into the motherfucking black neighborhoods, which they declassified the documents saying they're fucking dead. They did it to pay for their Contra wars and all this other shit. And then they invested in the prisons, so they made money off locking motherfuckers up for drugs. And then these draconian fucking drug laws. Dude, it's all money. Everything's money. Prisons are traded on Wall Street. It's like, you know. Yeah. So the best thing I tell people, man, you know... Learn for yourself. Use your body as a laboratory. Say, hey, man, use your mind, your own shit, you know. That's what I tell people. Just stay sober and clean and eat this way for 30 days and watch what the fuck's going to happen, dude. Mm-hmm. You're going to come out of the cloud, man. The fog, the brain fog. I call it snorsage brain. Yeah. That's what you get in the morning and shit. Yeah. Me and my boy Sean, we're out riding and motherfuckers just like... Almost, you know, they just came from the fucking drive through Mickey D's. They got uh, snorsage patties yeah. they're fucking throwing on. I call it snorsage brain. Yeah. Your body's working so hard to break that shit down. It's taking all your mental energy, too. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, bing, bang, bing. My girl's like, how the fuck? You know, 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock, 5.36. I'm up writing, training, just all fucking day long, 55 years old. Yeah. I don't stop. Anybody could do it. Mm-hmm. That's what I said in the Vice documentary. You they just got to want to do it. Your determination. Everybody says, man, I can't do nothing. I said, motherfucker, you can't say you can't do nothing unless you try. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you apply yourself, you'd be surprised what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know? But you have to invest the time and the energy Either way, you're either going to invest in your health or you're going... Either way, just like in that movie, um, Food, Inc. was the guy. Oh, man, yeah, I, I can't that. afford... 
But meanwhile, the motherfucker's shelling out $300 a month on medication. Yeah. Take that shit and put it towards your goddamn food and you yeah. you can eat organic yeah. and eat like a king. Yeah. And reverse your disease and have a a good quality I, I won't buy a $5 you know, dozen of organic eggs. Mm-hmm. But I'll buy a seven dollar Starbucks. Coffee. No, it was ca- it was carrots. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, but, but, <laughs> fuck the eggs, man. We talking plants. Man. We ain't talking fuck plants. That, fuck them eggs, man. That's right. chicken periods, man. It is. It's, it's kind of fucking weird it's and freaky, flesh, dude. Yeah. I, like, I like this one term you used. It was called demons of doubt. Yeah. I was a really Well, really there's like, a documentary called Merchants of Doubt. Mm. And there's paid motherfuckers that go out there with no education in the subject matter and they just talk on the internet. They do it to me. I have motherfuckers come on when I post shit and I tag fuck Monsanto. These shills will come on my shit cuz I got, you know, 100,000 motherfuckers listening to what yeah. the fuck I'm saying and then it's linked into all that shit and they come on and start trying to argue. I had this dude come up to me when I filmed uh, an episode and and came up to me and I was like, yeah, everything in here is non-GMO and organic. And this dude comes up and he's like, uh, excuse me, uh, what do you have against uh, GMOs? And tries to give me some pseudoscience. I said, motherfucker, do you think I want to eat food that's made by fucking pesticide companies, chemical companies making your food? Their only business is to sell you more motherfucking chemicals. Yeah. Their shit is soaked with Roundup and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck about feeding the world. They want to sell more fucking pesticides. Yeah. And then they create this doubt. You know, demons of doubt. That's what it is, man. You're doubting yourself. You're doubting this shit. Other motherfuckers are going to be, you know, they come on and they're like, yeah, man, like fucking, you, you know, you're talking all this bullshit. And I'm like, motherfucker, uh, what did you do today? Like, like, come on, man, let's get real here. Let's talk about shit. You're going to come and criticize what the fuck I'm doing. What the fuck do you do on an average day? Right. I guarantee you I'm outworking you by fucking a hundredfold. Yeah. So... It's not to brag, really, I I don't try to put nobody down. I just say, hey, man, you know, I'm trying to help motherfuckers out there. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. It's fucking crazy. You know. Nuts. What about blood clot? And, you know, it's on hiatus. Really? Yes. Last great album. Great fucking great incredible record. record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I saw the, 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 the video and you said that you had five songs pretty much. I don't want to talk about it, but... Somebody in the band did some really grimy shit to the rest of us. And I'm just... After dealing with fucking what this dude did in the Cro-Mags, the shit he pulled, robbing me, robbing tour money, robbing uh, budget money from Century Media, and then snitching on me. It's like when a motherfucker starts pulling shit like that, I'm like, you know... and, And it was premeditated for months. I'm like... See you later. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that was Todd You did that shit. And I'm like, me and Joey and Nick were like, yo, dude. How, you know, so we were just like, we ain't fucking with this dude no more. Yeah. And I don't even want to get into the whole shit because right. we had that dude's back yeah. on some really crazy shit that went down and we had his back and that's how he repaid yeah. us. So I don't... You know, hey, now my all patience. All I did was say, "What's up with blood clot?" That's all well, I, I said. told you. Because somebody yeah. just and people been asking me, like, you know, what's up with the band? Because there ain't nothing going down. But you know, dude violated a contract with Metal Blade and fucking did bullshit. So we ain't we ain't rolling with that shit no more. And 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 that segues back to like 
the dudes that's in the Cro-Mags now that's playing, Craig mm-hmm. and AJ and Mac, that's like family. Yeah. We would never do no fucking grimy shit to each other. Like, if Mackie says this is the guarantee on a show, I'm, I don't have to worry. Or And, and, yeah. and like, these dudes Question all get paid, you like, yeah. pro, you know, it's like... I don't want to be dealing with a motherfucker that I got to watch to every move or like be dealing with shitty vibes out on the road. And that's I, I, how many reunions and chances do I got to give that dude, Harley? Before, like every fucking time it was more bullshit. It was just like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, we don't whatever you go and do your fucking shit, what you're doing. I don't go online talking shit about what you do. I don't give a fuck. Right. Go, you go do your Chromag shit and play your, you know. But to say that we we stole his music, first of all, I wrote most of the lyrics on Age of Quarrel. Second of all, the shit he plays off Alpha Omega, nobody even knows that unless you read my book. Right. That whole record, uh-huh. he stole that shit from Paris and Rob Buckley because he had the cassette rehearsal tape and. Paris was like, well, what songs are you putting on the record? So you want to talk about musical thieves and all this rest of this shit that. You know, and plus, who wrote most of the lyrics on Alpha Omega? You're looking at him. Right. And then you're singing my shit. You're singing my shit I wrote off Age of Qual. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Have a good time. If you want to go see that, go ahead. I don't tell nobody, yeah. Like, somebody that always has to put other people down to make themselves look big. Yeah. Yeah. Suspect, yeah. Re, you know, yeah. Pull the mask off and, and see what the fuck is behind all yeah. that shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, listen, I and, get and, it. and just talking shit nonstop. We don't talk shit. We let the music do the talking. Yeah, that's why our shows. You know, if you want to drink the Kool Aid, <laughs> go ahead. Right. But we go out. We have fun. We play the songs. We fucking have a good time. It's family out there. It ain't never no problems. It ain't. Ain't never no beef. Ain't no place that we can't go. Right. Ask that dude. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of motherfucking places he can't go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know? You yeah. go keep talking shit, dude. Like, whatever. More power to you, man. Mm-hmm. I hope. I wish you all the success. Go feed your fucking kids. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... You know, the whole fighting shit and, like, oh, this whole that's... big facade about being the toughest motherfucker. Yeah. And the fucking story. Right there, <laughs> I hear you, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know. Yeah. I hang around with dudes that compete in jujitsu tournaments and win. Mm-hmm. Right. And ain't nobody seeing that dude in none of them fucking tournaments. So, right. you know, it's just... It's just childish, man. You yeah. know, it's just like grow the fuck up, man. Stop talking shit, dude. Yeah. It's like you're fucking. I, I don't know. I'm a 55. I think he's like 52 or something, and and, and you're still acting like that. Yeah, it's, it's like, like for years. Just like I won't post or anything like. But I'll see all oh, the back and forth, and it's like oh, now it's yeah, flared up see, again. It's I like don't, it ain't coming from out right, end. Right. It's not coming from out end. It's like it's it's coming from that dude's end, and I don't. Give and then a fuck. all the lackeys start hanging on to yeah. him, and then blah, well, blah, they blah, don't blah. know that right. exactly. you know, you're a new jack, and you don't know that he fucking right. robbed the crow man. 
gangs, how many fucking... Why do you think Paris don't play with him? Mm-hmm. He ro- he was robbing Paris on... Paris told me. Yeah. I talked to Paris. He was like, yeah. yeah, Harley was... I was a tour manager. He was going under my mattress every day and stealing the motherfucking money on the tour. And then left me... When we got beat up by Earth Crisis, Harley ran away. That's why Paris don't f- ever want to fuck with him again. Right. So it's like, and it's been that way since day one from fucking the original Cro-Mag lineup in 81. Read what I put in my book. It's mm-hmm. a quote from Dave Hahn. He treats people like shit, the people in his band. It never stopped. And it's like, if you want to drink the fucking Kool-Aid or what this motherfucker says, then you go right ahead, motherfucker. I don't expect you to, to see you at the show and I don't really give a fuck. Right. It don't matter to me. And, um, you know, I mean, is it punk rock to snitch on people? No. He put somebody in prison for 20... He was some. He pointed somebody out to the cops and that person went away for 25 years. People don't know that either. So where is it punk rock hardcore to rat people out and get orders of protection and all this other shit? It's, it's bullshit, dude. Yeah. So, like, I don't never really even talk about it. I'm just like... I don't give a fuck because I got so much positive shit going on yeah. and I try to surround myself with good people and that's why there will never be no Cro-Mag reunion with that dude or Paris. Mm-hmm. And, and I met with Paris and he starts talking shit on Mackie because when Harley and Paris snitched on me, fucking, I finally called him after two years, Harley, and cracked him in CBs. But the only motherfucker that stepped to Paris was Mackie fucked him up in Boston. So he has a problem with Mackie, whatever. So yeah. And I met with Kevin just to squash the shit or whatever. And, uh, you know, and then he goes on Vice and says that I asked to meet with him. I didn't ask to meet with him. He asked Doug Crosby to, for me to meet him. And I walk in and we're like in a cafe in Brooklyn and shit. You know, I walked in. I was like, yo, what's up? Like stood over him and he was like, you know, and then yeah. I was like, what's up, Kevin? Like, I didn't even call him <laughs> Paris. And then he sat down and he was like telling me the whole shit of what happened with when him and Harley was doing the shit. And it was the same thing. Yeah. It's always, you know, Paris is what... And then he started talking sides of CD across, oh, this is the new stuff I got. I'm like, I didn't ask you to come back to the band, dude. I'm not here. I'm here to just to shake your hand and be like, yo, all right, shit is deaded. Right. And then he goes on Vice... Noisy and says like talks all shit about everybody that I asked to meet with him and and, and uh, you know have him come back to the band and all this shit. He started talking shit against Mackie. I don't want to use Mackie. I don't like that. I was like, yo, that's my dude, man. Like I didn't ask you to come back to the band first of all. Second of all, don't talk shit about Mackie while I'm sitting here because I'm not one of these motherfuckers that I'm gonna let you talk shit about somebody that's family to me. I'm gonna fucking put you in check. And then you got two choices. If you keep doing it, I'm going to fucking slap you in your mouth or you can walk the fuck away or I will. Right. You know, that's it. Yeah. You know, it's like, and that's why I appreciate Mackie because out of everybody, motherfuckers that I know, and I won't mention no names, was hanging out with Paris after he tried him and then motherfucker Harley tried to put me in prison. And then they're like, oh, I just want to get along with everybody. I'm like, fuck that, motherfucker. If yeah. somebody does that shit to you, that ain't, I'm not hanging out with that motherfucker. Right. That's my enemy, man. Mm-hmm. You're my boy. Your enemy is my enemy. Right. If it's for a right reason that somebody did grimy shit to you, mm-hmm. you got to have motherfuckers back. You have to take a stand and stand up for the right for the right shit. You know, and that's why, you know, <laughs> things are the way they are. Yeah. 
you know, and the music, the, you know, we, we do the songs that we played, we played on the, both demos and the motherfucking Age of Quarrels, so how is it that we don't have a right to play them songs when you're playing the songs I wrote? Yeah, really. And you stole the other motherfuckers' music. Yeah. So, dude, yeah. shut up and go do your fucking music. Yeah. Go ahead. Go play my song. Sing my lyrics. I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, go have a nice time. Have fun. That's what life's about. Have a good time, man. Stay positive. Help people. Don't put people down. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, dude, you know... You gotta constantly be trying to perpetrate a front, like they say back in the day. That oh, motherfucker's yeah. perpetrating the front yeah. that you're a tough guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I you ain't say a that tough guy. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know what Joe Frazier said? You know what the most peaceful room is? A, a room full of fighters. Joe Frazier said that. Yeah. You know, and that's the truth. Cause they ain't got shit to prove. It's yeah. motherfuckers that gotta prove something. You know, but, but uh, you know, that's my mission in life. That's what I do. I try to constantly uh, help people and, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, people write me emails all the time. Even this next book I got coming out on PMA is I pick the brains of some of the most elite motherfuckers out there that's doing shit. What makes them tick? How do you overcome men, you know? The, the mindset is everything. Mindset right now, if you got the proper mindset, nobody could stop you and your shit. Yep. So how do we stop letting our mind could be our best friend or our worst enemy, right? Absolutely. Think about it. Yeah. Every fucked up decision, that was your end. What I refer to in the book as your enemy mind yep. conning you to do shit. And it's like, that's the real... And even in the Bhagavad Gita, as it is, what does it say? For a conditioned living entity, his mind could be his worst enemy, but for one who has conquered the mind, the mind could be the best of friends. Right. So if you just take it from the yoga sutras, the yoga teachings about the mind, and I based the whole book on that, and then I picked the brains of motherfuckers who's doing like crazy elite shit, fighting and special forces dudes and all kinds of stuff, and, 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 and what made them tick and how they conquered their shit and their demons of doubt. Mm -hmm. And all that shit mm -hmm. is in there, you know. It's it's the mind. It's trying to con you to give up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not that's why I took up Iron Man. It's just it's a mental it it helps sharpen your mental skills and helps toughen you up, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's um you know, I'm working with a coach now too, so it's like a whole art to that shit. I wanted to learn how to write. I want when I was studying martial arts, went to a teacher. It's like whatever it is, boxing, auto mechanic, whatever. You gotta learn from motherfuckers who know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, you're only gonna fudge it for so long. Mm -hmm. So that's the great thing about this book. It's out there not to make myself try to be like, oh, I'm some intelligent motherfucker. I'm just basically like the mailman. I'm like, yo, here's the letter, dude. That's that's addressed to you. Right. I didn't open it and change it. Mm -hmm. I might have added a, a few fuck you motherfuckers in there, like a few <laughs> yeah. vernaculars right. that I talk with, but the message is, is the same and, and it's out there. That's why I try to help people with their health. People write me all the time, yo, I got this disease, that disease, and now... Everybody, most of these people probably listening to this shit, you're getting in your 30s and your 40s. That's when you're fucking 
you know, your, your, your metabolism slows down and disease starts kicking your ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're 20 and 19, you could digest a motherfucking rock if you yeah. had to. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now you got to start paying attention. You got the food supply is more deadly than it's ever been because, you know, these pharmaceutical companies are in bed with the fucking, they're genetically engineering these foods to get you sick. Monsanto is a fucking pharmacia. That's a pharmaceutical company is the origin of that company. Right. So yeah. think about it. You got these motherfuckers selling you pesticides and all this, your food soaked in all this shit. Look at all the stomach problems coming up now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, I got IBS, I got Crohn's, I got this, I got yeah. that. Oh, I got bowel cancer, I got this, I got fucking, you know, all yeah. these different diseases going on, man. And it's, it's they hijacked the food supply. Yeah, and it's crazy. Even like when I was like, a, even when I was younger. Like, it, like as a kid, like, if you heard that somebody died, it was, like, a heart attack or an accident or something like that. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Now, 90% of the time, if it's not drug-related, it's fucking cancer. And I got news for you, dude. They don't tell you this, but 89% of all that chemo and all that other mm-hmm. shit fails. Oh, yeah. It fails. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you that. Mm-hmm. They make it seem like they got the magic bullet. Mm-hmm. But they don't. And if you do beat it through chemo and radiation, your immune system becomes compromised. You know how many people right now are telling me, my mom had cancer and and she beat it, then it came back with a vengeance. Because if you don't change your diet and your lifestyle and what got you there in the first motherfucking place, like somebody I know right now, I just told them, listen, send your fucking mother to Hippocrates Health Center in Florida, man. Get alkalinity is the key to yep, life in true. an alkaline system cancer cells cannot exist That's right. free radicals are zapped mm-hmm. why you think they fucking passed codex alimentarius obama did that shit which causes for mandatory irradiation of all fruits and vegetables because they kill the phytonutrients in the plant that's what fights the fucking disease so you eat this shit that looks like a motherfucking stalk of broccoli and kale but if you take the nutritional benefit between between commercially produced, genetically modified, and irradiated vegetables, and you compared it to organic, grown locally right off the farm, do the fucking math on the amount of nutrients contained in one or the other. Right. And and that shit may look green. It looks pretty. I guarantee you something mm-hmm. right now. That fucked up looking broccoli got way more motherfucking benefits for your health. Yeah. Because they didn't fucking... Do their mass science to that shit. Mm, yeah. So that's what I tell people what worked for me. And we're pitching a TV show right now, uh, which I won't get into too much. But uh, it, it, I, I say like this, look, man, this is what worked for me. The first step in my evolution was to stop with the motherfucking poison food and stop with the motherfucking drugs and clear my mind out. Yeah. Like, when was the last time you sat down, you woke up in the morning... And you did maybe some fucking uh, intermittent fasting till noon or whatever the fuck. And you sat down and meditated first thing in the morning before the sun came up. No, when was the last time you did that? So slow down the rat race, like Bob Marley said. This is the fucking rat race. Mm -hmm. And they just want you to fucking race to your death. Yeah. Become Mm -hmm. a cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. And punk rock hardcore was always against that. Punk rock hardcore was living outside the box. We're outside of society, dude. Yeah. Motherfuckers like us, people got jobs and shit like that, but it's like, yo, there's yeah. free-thinking motherfuckers in this movement. Mm-hmm. And then the whole tough guy shit infiltrated the scene for a while, 
and you know, clothes having motherfuckers not even want to have you. You don't go to your own shows and start fights and wreck clubs. That's no. not smart. No, because then you're not gonna be able to play nowhere. Right. You know, you're gonna yeah. get banned from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, uh, but mainly a lot of free thinking motherfuckers, but that's what I say. I, I just, I can only ex- tell somebody my experience. That's what I did. I said, sure. yo, this is what worked for me. Give it a shot. It could probably, I would say 90% possibility is going to work for you too. And I've been getting, I can even pick up my phone right here and show y'all motherfuckers the messages that I get every day. Dude, I read your book. I went plant-based. I started meditating and working out. I fucking lost 60 pounds, 70 pounds. My health, I'm off my meds. I get fucking 20 of those a day, dude, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. So, But I didn't come up with the shit. It's experts. I pick, I, I... I gathered all that fucking wealth of knowledge from these real motherfuckers that are the scientists of this shit, and I put it together. Yeah. And I say, yo, and then I break it down to the street vernacular, and and, and, and you know that's yeah, you know, yeah, that's 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 what's up. But that's that's the real gift, and you don't know, you know, we take shit for granted, man. And, yeah, and I I wrote this in my other book. I wrote this in the new book that I got coming out on PMA. I said, we take so much shit for granted, but I saw a dude with cerebral palsy with a, with a walker, and he was a young kid. He was like 24, and it took him 10 minutes to walk down my fucking block, and we're just skip to the do Lottie to fucking die. We're just skipping around, fucking taking everything sight. You know, go to a cancer ward and see these people and see what they tell you if they wish they hadn't done shit differently. Yeah, man. Or fucking having... Kidney dialysis because they let their type 2 diabetes get out of fuck. Now they got to go four days a week to kidney dialysis or they lost a foot or whatever. Or they're going blind. The dude from Gladiator's Gym, Vic, the fucking went blind, dude. He's legally blind. Wow. Because he didn't... I kept telling him in the 80s, motherfucker... Listen, man, drink wheatgrass juice, get off all this oil, fucking rancid, fucking chuletas and acaporio and all this shit that you're eating... And you could cure type 2 diabetes. Cure it. They don't tell you that shit. Mm-hmm. I helped Googie from the Misfits, Arthur from uh, Antidote, the drummer who wrote all that shit, yeah. beat cancer. I said, yo, go on raw foods, motherfucker. I helped him out. And then they, uh, they, they gave him the painkillers because they cut out his ribs. He had mm-hmm. to take... You know, like the pain was unbearable. They cut into nerves. Yeah, it was in his rib cage. And then they gave him all these. He beat the cancer. And then the drugs they gave him for the pain caused Crohn's. Mm. And then they said, you're going to be on these meds for the rest of your life. And he's such a fucking fighter. He's like, fuck you, motherfucker. And he left. And I was like, Artie, this is what you got to do. And guess what? He went back and the doctor, they tested him. He's like, oh, man, the medication. He's like, motherfucker, I didn't take your medication. I cured the shit. I just came back here to tell you, fuck you. And I beat the shit by doing raw foods. And that's what you should be telling people instead of pumping motherfuckers up on these drugs you got everybody up on. Mm -hmm. 
crazy shit. Pharmaceutical yeah, companies run the fucking... Uh, there's certain industries that run shit. And it's the military-industrial complex, the pharmaceutical companies, these other poison food companies. Just turn on the goddamn fucking TV, man. That's all you got to do. They're pumping fear and war and ISIS and this. Yeah, and crazy. then they're pumping drugs. Oh, yeah, this could help you with this. And then the next commercial is for food that gave you the shit in the first yeah. place. Yeah. So think about it, man. It's true. Pull yourself People don't back. fucking realize it. Extract yourself mentally from the shit and look at how you're being manipulated. That's what punk rock taught yeah. me. The number one thing, question motherfucking authority, question everything. And it just, you know, I went into a foster home where I thought motherfuckers loved me and then I found, and then they started doing that fucked up shit to me and they were doing it all for money. And that's when I realized I don't trust no motherfucking buddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. When I hit my fucking... When I hit my stride, 10, 11, 12 years old, I was like, fuck everybody. And I, I, I don't believe, I don't take nothing at face value. Even the shit that was taught to me with the food and the philosophy from Prabhupada, I tried to debunk all that shit and I applied it to my life. And that's why I came out the way I did. Yeah. It's from doing studies of, 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 of applying the knowledge and, and living that shit. That's why I was like, that's the way I always been. Yeah. When I took up Iron, when I took up triathlon, my first race was a fucking Ironman, and I played a show the night before. Had a stress fracture in my foot, ninety something degrees. Did it on no sleep. Jeez. We played. This is hardcore. Same thing. I wanted to learn about yoga and philosophy and the Hare Krishna. It was a two thousand seven sixteen. No, it was two thousand twelve. Oh, the one before two thousand sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. two thousand twelve was my. But but but. That's why I said, I'm going to go be a monk for two years. I took the shit up. I, I lived it. I got up every day, two o'clock in the morning, did my whole spiritual meditation thing, studied martial arts, and then and then went out onto the... And then, you know, the insanity that went down with that. I mean, Woody Harrelson read my book, and he was like, bro, that shit about the Hare Krishnas, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. That shit blew me it's the fuck out crazy. of the whole book. But it's all true. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah, you know it's crazy. One of the Iron Mans, you uh, you got some kind of stomach virus. Yeah, the last one I just did in Kona. Wow. Yeah, what happened? And I didn't find it out till I just went, which I made it on NBC when they aired the race. They mm-hmm. had a picture of me, and and I got it right here. And when they showed my picture on NBC, this is what the sportscast is. Here, I'll show you. Let's see. The sportscaster, right when they showed this picture of me, and I had just came out the water, and I didn't know the camera was there. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this motherfucker was at, but I just swam two two point four miles, and I just put my shit on, and it's that moment of self reflection where you're like, you're thinking like, yo, look at all. I, I I swear to God, I really think like, yo, where the fuck did I come from? I can't believe I'm out, I'm out here doing this shit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like yo, it's just like. Mm-hmm. You know, man, give praises to the Most High. You know, like so, it, it's this reflective moment. And right when this ad is twenty minutes in, if you watch it on on demand, twenty minutes in, um, they showed everybody coming out of the water, the age groupers, and they said the announcer says when he got the picture of me, and they held the camera on me for like ten seconds, and they, and the announcer goes. There's no doctor that can write you a prescription for this. No shit. And I was like, 
you know, tell me the universe ain't working to like, and it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. No doctor could, what everybody's trying to do out there is conquer their motherfucking demons. But what happened was this year, it rained for four days before the race. Mm. So all the sewage washed down into ah. the bay where everybody trains wow. and where the race swim stage actually takes place. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't notice till after when I went to the Ironman Foundation charity event, I, w- I heard like, oh yeah, there was fucking sewage in the water. A lot of motherfuckers got sick, like 50-something athletes. Right, even if you shower in it, some of that Well, you swallow your- some of the water, especially mm-hmm. race day. Motherfuckers is splashing. They yeah. call it the washing machine because everyone's fucking... I've had teeth chipped, fucking nose broke on them swims but um uh you know i was i did whatever four or five practice swims that week plus race day so uh and it's just it's it was really the ultimate test because like everybody that got that shit quit i was seeing motherfuckers on the side of the road just barfing and like i don't know what's wrong and then something like 40 or 50 athletes dnf'd Mm-hmm. Didn't even race that were there in Kona, and that's the world championships. Mm-hmm. You gotta qualify to get there. Like, yeah, people don't make it there for their whole life mm-hmm. doing races. And um, it was really weird. Like, I was having a really strong bike split. I was gonna do under six hours on the bike. I was strong on the swim, and then like 70, 80, 78, 80 miles in, I started getting this horrendous cramping in my stomach, where like. And I thought it was, I switched nutrition right before the race to custom nutrition, infinite. So I was like, man, maybe this shit is just sitting like a log in my stomach, whatever the fuck. And then that's what I thought it was. And then, uh, so I'm cramping and then I get off the bike and to T2, which is you get off the bike and then you get your running shoes on and you go run. And then I got to the first aid station three miles up the hill. And then I just started fucking projectile vomiting. Couldn't keep any fluids down. And uh, I threw up 30, 40 times during the run. Wow. Every time I would take something down. And I have to just keep banging it down and hoping I would be able to keep... But my hands swelled up because I couldn't keep any fluids down. And I had to walk most of the marathon. But I was like, motherfucker, I'm here in Kona. I don't give a fuck. You'll have to like... You'll have to carry me off of this fucking course. I ain't, I'm not fucking quitting. And it was like constant, just throwing up nonstop. Like, it was bad. And then I was sick, like, two days after that. Like, yeah, it was a hard one this year. But, you know, you know what you signed up for. And you don't quit under no circumstances do you fucking quit. And it's like, it helps me with everything. It helps me with my writing when I'm tired and I... Whatever, you know, every aspect. If I'm on stage you know, with Chromags or whatever, like this last show we just played, I don't know what happened, but I got these horrible fucking cramps. Like, but I was able, I pushed through and, you know, put, put, did what I was supposed to do, you know? Anything coming up for the Chromags? Because we have to actually. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going uh, out with I Hate God. We're going to be going mm. all down south with them. Wow. We got a show. Like, uh, starting March 9th or whatever, Jersey, Maryland, and then we fly to Houston Beautiful. and pick up with I Hate God and go across uh, Texas, Louisiana, that whole shit, where they're from, and then over to Florida. So it's awesome. like two weeks out with them. 
but they're great dudes, man. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and um, you know, That'd be a good it's just, run of shows. yeah, man. You know, it's it's just we just try to fucking have fun, man, That's and it. and, and uh, you know, it's like it's so funny because now I get people that ain't even into hardcore, but they just come to the show because like they do Iron Man mm -hmm. or they're into yeah, the nutrition sure. or whatever, and we hang out. But it's cool, you know. It's a lot of good people out there. Yeah, yeah. We never have no beef, man. It's yeah, just like just keep fuck. the PMA, you know, and uh, you know, meet people. And Mackie too. Mackie's just so laid back, and he's the baddest motherfucking drummer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, it's, it's like the shit. Drum. They got Mackie cam now. I know. I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it. Like, yeah, it's awesome. What's up with you guys? Uh, we're uh, we're doing a show at Gramercy Theater. Um, Actually, for metal, your drummer is dope. Yo, you, yeah. who's the drummer? Uh, well, Ken was the drummer, but he's not. He's in LA now. We got a new guy. To, what, what happened with you? Like, didn't you guys get in an accident? Yeah, that was around uh, 2002. Oh, okay. But back in the day. Yeah, but I was so we glad to hear y'all motherfuckers was playing again. And Thanks, man. Fucking love your band, dude. Thank you, I man. saw you guys. Uh, at Continental that time but I've seen you guys a bunch over the years but I was always like yo that drummers yeah. you guys played the same black and blue when you played for the, yeah. you yeah. for the regulators right. they, they can't that, was our, that was our show back yeah and y'all motherfuckers stole the show yeah. <laughs> oh, nice thank you yeah no. but uh, you know um, yeah we just you know go out there and have a good time we're touring in uh to, you know a little bit of shit in Europe we don't even do it that much that's the whole shit about yeah, all these motherfuckers like you know, we all make money doing other shit, man. Yeah. I got a I got a quarter million dollar book deal. Like, motherfucker, I'm not doing the going to make fucking spending half the money just getting to the goddamn show right. and paying everybody mm -hmm. and everything else. It's like it's, I'm not doing this shit to make a living, man. Right. It's like you know, I'm doing this shit because I, I it's fun. Music's like I said, it's been part of my life since I was a fucking kid. Yeah. So like. You know, that's that's part of my whole PMA thing is getting on stage and playing and having a good time. And, like, that Chromag music don't belong to nobody. It belongs to the motherfucking universe, dude. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, I people could come up, fucking do whatever, sing, you know. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's about just it's part of the whole shit to keep yourself positive, man. Yeah. Music's always been the shit that's... Pulled me out of some dark shit, so yeah, yeah. Same even here. when I was a crack addict for two years, you know, because like, you know, when that shit happened and that motherfucker stole all the money, Harley and Doug, um, Doug, I can understand because he's a fucking drug addict, mm -hmm. but that dude was supposed to be my boy, and then to do that shit in '87, the first motherfucking tour in Europe, I just came back and I was like, yo, man, like. It just floored me, man. Like, I just did not see that shit coming. And then I was like, yo, I can't fucking be in a band with this motherfucker no more. And I quit. And then when I stopped doing the music, I spun down into some, you yeah. know, like some bad shit, man. The crack, the free bass. Like, yeah. the yeah. shit in my book ne about ne that never whole... Never fucking ends up good. Yeah. It never turns out. And good. Craig always tells the story, man. He seen me when I was all spun out in LA and was like, Yo, dude look bad. I came out the fucking bushes with like no fucking shoes on and no shirt, no socks, and just fucking like, yo, 
Oh, yeah. to this dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, Craig crazy. will tell you, man. He's seen me. <laughs> maybe well, eventually, know, eventually, maybe hopefully we'll get Craig on here one day. Oh man, he's great. Yeah, he's a positive. I've heard dude. several yeah. podcasts with him, and he's always he's, a fucking he's entertaining. He's a good dude, listen. man. Yeah, we were on Whoop Tour, sick of it all, yeah. in Candiria this past summer. So yeah. we, we we hung out a bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a funny cat. Yeah, man. he's a great dude. He's yeah. Great so. Dude, uh you know, yeah, it's just part of the whole process, man. You know, playing the music and yeah. trying to stay positive and, you know. I'm trying to stay positive right now because I got to go to work. Yeah, try to help as many people out there. That's the key. Fuck. Yeah. Hey, That's man. what I always say. You should be trying to help motherfuckers, not kick motherfuckers down. Damn right. That's right. You know, yeah, to, to chop a motherfucker's head off to make you taller than him. That's not. That's fucking corny. You know that's that's mad corny. It's corny shit. We should be trying to help each other. That's, you know, like I said, look where everybody that originally came into this music scene, the fucked up backgrounds that they had that brought them to this music. Like, why would you try to add to that person's pain? You should be trying to uplift people, man. Look what Bad Brains did. They uplifted people, man. Mm -hmm. All that shit. It was. Yeah. It was about uplifting each other, not trying to push a motherfucker down. Mm -hmm. You know, uplift people. That's yeah, that's really what it's about. You know, yeah, it is. And, the end and, of the day. And, uh, did you see the one that? Did you see the Godfather's of Hardcore yet? I haven't. When does that shit come out? I didn't see it. There's there's an amazing trailer. Mm -hmm. I saw the trailer. The trailer's awesome. It's fucking awesome. I didn't see it yet. <laughs> More Vinny power Stigma to the those end. guys. There's a, there's a guy fucking putting hairspray in Vinnie Stigma's fucking mohawk. mohawk He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, 63 years old. I ain't with a mohawk. And it, it says something. He's like, maybe I'll even change my guitar strap tonight. <laughs> or yeah. something. Something only Vinnie can say that makes it funny. Vinnie's great, man. Yeah. But yo, man, where can they find you? Where can they get your book? Where can they fucking... So if you go on my Instagram, John Joseph Cromag, all one word, the, the link... To both books, uh, well, the Meetings of Pussies is available everywhere, and uh, you know it's it's a major uh, release from Harper Collins, and uh, and um, and then second know, edition of the second edition of, of Evolution and the audio book, and I got some cool shirts on there, and um, and then Twitter's JJ Cromag, John Joseph on uh, Facebook, whatever the fuck. And yeah, but you're all filled up. Like I don't even. I'm not even your friend on there. Yet. Really? Yeah. <laughs> shit, me. write me. I'll delete a motherfucker. So I'll delete a motherfucker. Yeah, I sent you a message, but you didn't get it. That's delete, why I hit you up on Instagram. Too. Delete too. Hit me up. I'll fucking do it. You know, I don't. I, I'm not on there. Like I just post yeah, no, one thing this, a yeah. day or whatever yeah, the fuck. Just be easy to tag you. Yeah, Pretty yeah, sure. yeah. But thanks, thanks for having me on. No, Yo, thank, thank you, you so much. For I know we covered about. a lot of ground. We, we did, man. Do. Listen, there's a lot more hour, to cover though. Hour and forty five minutes we just went. Bro. Shit, I don't know when to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah it's all good, good man. Well, I'm out it's here, thing. motherfucking Gravesend, Brooklyn. Gravesend, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. That's wow. it. Yeah, man. So cool listen, yeah. download, fucking rate, review, iTunes, SoundCloud, podcast addict, fucking all that shit. At the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Instagram. And listen to the other 39 episodes. <laughs> yeah, you should, bro. We have some good people, man. Yeah, we have I some know, amazing yeah, people. Alago and uh, who else? Yeah, Alago twice, Drew Stone, Lucola, fucking Mina Caputo, uh, Eddie, Eddie Leeway, fucking. I'll tell you a funny story. Rap Bones. When he first started transitioning, she, whatever, it was funny because I was doing a walking tour. 
And uh, we were right by the Led Zeppelin building on St. Mark's, mm-hmm. and I go, it was all, I had like 30 people, all these people from Europe, you know, metal dudes and fucking hardcore, whatever. Mm-hmm. I go, I go, yo, you guys Life for Agony fans? And they're like, yeah. I was like, yo, that's Keith from Life for Agony over uh-huh. there. And he goes, he turns and goes, it's Mina. <laughs> I was like, right, sorry. Sorry, uh-huh. Mina is Mina. Yeah. You know, but that's cool too, because yeah. look, Dave Parsons, M.I.R., Mir. People don't know what that shit was on a Bad Brains record. He's the one who did that original artwork from the Rag Cage. Yeah. And, and he transitioned, too. As a matter of fact, he got a, he had cancer and got a sex change. I wrote about it in my book. Mm-hmm. And nobody would do the sex change operation on him because he had cancer. Mm-hmm. So he went to, like, I don't know, Cambodia or some shit over there and got that shit done and came back and left his body as Daisy. There you go. You know, motherfuckers, like, you, you know. Listen, don't judge people. people. Don't yeah. judge, man. Yeah, yeah, let no people live that. their fucking lives, and that's that, that's and that's it. all. Yeah. So that's it. It's a wrap. We all, like, leaning for it. <laughs> We're over here now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yo, later. Yo, thanks a lot, brother. All right. Until you're